0: Welcome to the Blooming League of Original Podcast. G'day and welcome to Thrash and Treasure, the torture chamber musical podcast that takes Godsmack and Godspell, puts it in a blender, mixes it up and then throws it out because it tastes like shit. I'm your host for this week, Aaron, and I'm actually flying solo. I've kicked Gareth out of the studio. I'm joined by my mate, the lead singer of Brave Today, Ryan Towzel. G'day, welcome to the show. How you doing, mate? I'm doing quite well, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm pretty good, as scatterbrained as usual. Of course. Nothing different there. So for our listeners at home, I've invited you onto the show today, because obviously you're the lead singer of Sydney band Brave Today. You should all go out and check their music on Spotify, iTunes, and where all good music is sold. So I figured we're going to get rid of Gareth this week. And I'm going to torture one of my friends, somebody who hasn't gone through 10, 11 episodes of musical theatre by now. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, we actually met in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. (laughs) We did too. I don't think we were still in port. In Honolulu. I I, I do know I, I met a couple of people while we were still in port, mm. but I think we met on the, the second or third night of 19 nights sailing across the Pacific Ocean. That's correct. In, um, yes. it, was, it was about four years ago, I think. And... Uh, five years ago, actually. Oh, yeah, we're, it's 20... Oh... Get your head together, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it was five years ago, wasn't it? It was, oh, mate. Shit. 2016, I do believe. Sorry to listeners at home, but... Obviously, you're going to have to listen to these fun, exciting anecdotes from our holiday. We uh, sailed across the Pacific, we went to Bora Bora, which is on the equator and fucking hot, and and Tahiti, Morea, Uh, Hawaii, obviously, and then we arrived in New Zealand.
1: Yes.
0: And it was mm. fucking cold. Yes, we went from one degree to the next, didn't we? We mm. did. And I'll tell you what, my jacket went from one person to the next too, because I was the only person on that cruise who had a friggin' jacket. Yes. I, if, if there's one thing I remember
1: from being on the cruise, actually, mate, was you wearing that jacket, and I do believe a Jurassic Park t-shirt.
0: Yes, yes, my Japanese Jurassic Park t-shirt. And let's
1: refer back to episode 9 of your podcast, where you were discussing with uh, Gareth about your drinking. mm mm-hmm. um, Yes. There is no better time to drink than on a cruise ship, mate, uh, because that's all you can do on a cruise ship. Tell me about it. And if there's one thing I remember, it was meeting you and you thinking that the cruise ship wasn't moving when we were in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, (laughs) when we were in fact moving.
0: It wasn't. We were not. We were not that smoke was going straight up. You saw it with your very own eyes, and when you are moving, smoke Moves backwards. Is that the case,
1: is it now, mate? Because when I looked over the edge I, of the deck, <laughs> I could have sworn there were waves crashing against the boat.
0: Against it, but yeah. but not not going past. Mm-hmm. They, weren't, they weren't... We weren't passing these waves. They weren't going... I know what it looks like when we're moving on a ship. I've done it that many times, and I'm sure you have too. And, and, and we weren't moving. Listen, mate. We were not th- This is something I have not let go of in the last five years, all right?
1: <laughs> I can't sleep at night because of this.
0: <laughs> this is a debate that we're going to have to come back to when I see you see your that face. Is. <laughs> that is, I swear to God. And you know what? The funny thing was when I I went back on that ship um a year and a half later. Mm. I, I obviously I I'd completely forgotten about that. But I was standing up on that deck. Uh, I think it was deck thirteen, or was it? Or right right outside the nightclub. <laughs> yeah, one of those decks, right. mate. <laughs> and I'm yeah. I'm standing there at three o'clock in the morning or something. And all I heard was Aaron. And I looked down and one of the crew members, one of the deck hands had remembered me from that trip in Hawaii. And he ran up the stairs and gave me this big hug. He's like, Hey, how you doing? Mm. It was just like, Whoa, how do you remember me? It's like, you would dance with us. So how are we going to forget you? (laughs) And I'm like, Oh yeah. So obviously, still, I I dance with the deck hands at three, four o'clock in the morning while they're sweeping the deck. But yes, that that cruise actually we we both um we both made a bit of a, a splash because obviously, uh, the listeners at home would have, have probably laughed and scoffed at the fact that I got up and. Did a performance on stage which you were actually in the audience for. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, I do believe it was a
1: performance by the great Eminem. Um,
0: yes, it was.
1: Uh, lose Yourself.
0: In front of a whole bunch of seven year olds. Yes. Yes. Um, a, as, a slightly censored version. I think we lost a couple of those
1: elderly people that night. I think, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think morgue at the bottom of the ship might have been full after your performance, but, um,. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great performance, mate. So Thank you. Mm. Thank
0: you. No, I, I didn't do that seriously. There is no way I've got to like, stop you right there.
1: I think that you got all the lyrics uh, uh, perfectly right, and you did a great job of
0: that, and that is something that I reckon people should applaud. Well, yeah, they, they did. I, I, I ran the fuck off stage during that applause. <laughs> like, I'm not standing... <laughs> straight staying. to the bar. I'm not standing here and <laughs> looking at these people. Yes, I did. I, I'd already had a couple of whiskeys over lunch. Oh, yes because I my nerves were shot. I was just doing it as a joke, and obviously, like, we'd heard you sing at karaoke, and you have, uh, when you're singing, just normally an amazing voice on you, and I really think you should follow that up um, a lot more, but that's that's uh, another point. Um, you know, so, and, and then you did the celebrity lookalike, which the listeners at home are <laughs> interested to know that Ryan was compared to Jared Leto. Uh,
1: no, it was Johnny
0: Depp, it, mate. Johnny, oh was it? who was, sorry, I thought, no, no, it was, sorry, I, it was me that thought you looked like Jared Leto, and I think I said, no, no why that, isn't it Jared Leto? That's what 5am tequilas will do to you, mate, they'll, uh, they'll make... What- yeah, that's that's true. Uh, do you remember we used to get those massive feasts from room service? We'd get yes. like ten or twelve plates and just bring it up to the nightclub deck.
1: <laughs> oh, big time! We did too, didn't we?
0: Honestly, mate, if there's like uh, th- there's
1: very little that I can remember from that uh, three week cruise um, because when you have alcohol at your feet um, from five a.m. in the morning through till three a.m. the next morning, um, it's it's kind of hard
0: to avoid. So. It is so. Anyways, we'll cruise into Broadway now. That's a really terrible pun <laughs> and segue. Yes. So, this week, I decided to give you a musical that Gareth actually had mentioned that he already hates. Yeah. So I was like, ah, oh, oh, this is one of my favourites. Mm. Again, he wants to shit all over the things I love. I never ever do that to him. Of course, ever. No way. Of course not. No, I'm I'm completely innocent. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll run through your thoughts and 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 discuss Little Shop, and then we'll move on to Metal because then we can yes. like, we won't be restrained by by um. You're our first Metal guest, so. Yep, and
1: exciting. I've got to say, bringing a Metalhead into a show like this to talk about um, Broadway—that certainly is a, a strong flex of yours, mate. Um, <laughs> Yep. When I first came into this, I thought that I'd be, um, you know, I thought that I'd have a lot uh, to say uh, negatively about Broadway. But when you gave me Little Shop of Horrors, it was a bit of a different story. You know, a 1960s American horror slash comedy, directed by the great Roger Corman, and a musical by Alan Menken and the lyrics by howard ashman the great howard ashman yes who i've never heard of before this um yeah um i gotta say mate i have to first say that you know thank you for showing me the soundtrack to Mm -hmm. little shop of horrors because i haven't had a decent sleep in a while mate so (laughs) (laughs) but no 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 hang on hang on
0: i kicked gareth out of the studio yeah
1: yes you did no look going to a live broadway musical is and never has been something to kick off my bucket list you'd have better chance seeing me watch paint dry on a building across the street with a pair of binoculars. Um, however, I was actually surprised by the production soundtrack. Each song told a part of the ongoing story that left me wanting to hear more of where the story was going. And it was easy to follow, it wasn't hard to understand, and you got a really great idea of each character. I thought that the music tied in really well with the lyrics, and honestly, there's not much I have to say hatefully about the performance that I watched you know I had to bash my head against a wall when I almost shed a tear hearing Audrey dying in her partner's arms <laughs> and then he fed her to the plant <laughs> if there's one thing I've got to say the whole concept of the, the story being about a flesh-eating plant that feeds off human blood and, and human flesh that's mm-hmm. that's metal that's really brutal it's yeah. far it is, it is don't you think it's um, the the, the metal music that I listen to, most people would probably listen to it and without understanding the words, they'd think that uh, entails the same sort of material. But really, the music I listen to is more about, you know, dealing with harsh breakups or, um, you know, how screwed the world is and how we can do better and uh, yeah. mental health issues. So uh, when I saw this story, um, it, was, um, it was brutal, man. So... um I give it a solid 2.5 out of 5, and I think that's fair. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, you would never catch me dead watching a Broadway musical, as I said, but um, listening to the soundtrack was um, quite pleasing, to be honest with you.
0: The one I gave you in particular was the 2003 Broadway production. Yes. Uh, So that has Hunter Foster in it? Uh, Look, mate, I loved the
1: association between each character. I loved how... You got the shy, hapless Seymour running a a, a plant store and um, Mm -hmm. finding out that uh, a new plant that he's created um, feeds off. Of human blood. That was great to begin with. And then the woman that he was in love with, you know, she was dating an abusive, uh, an abusive husband. Um, and I absolutely loved, I absolutely loved how he took a job as a dentist so he could inflict pain on people um, in a legal sort of way. Uh, Oren Scrovello. That's the one. And Steve Martin, mm-hmm. you couldn't have picked a better character to play, a better actor, mm-hmm. I should say, to play Oren. Steve Martin, um, is, is a killer at that, so, and, uh, you know, people like John Candy and, uh, Rick Moranis, or am I saying that right? Mick, Rick Moranis? Moranis? Uh, Moranis? Moranis? Either way. Either, yeah, either or.
0: Who doesn't love a good Moranis? I do love a good
1: Moranis every such morning. <laughs> no, uh, let's cut that out, shall we? <laughs> But no, um, you know, this one was a hard one to study, honestly, because there's been so many remakes of the show and um, so many, um, there's so much to look into, you know, um, but I found yeah. I found the soundtrack. It's
0: very popular. It is.
1: When I first heard um, Little Shop of Horrors, when people told me about it, I thought, oh, that sounds kind of cute. Um, but when I actually looked into yeah. the story, when you shed away all the comedic uh, stuff and all of the music and all that it's a really brutal and very dark storyline so um it, it is.
0: is oh it's about domestic abuse
1: well yeah Exactly. And then um, the dentist, who's addicted to nitrous oxide, you know, uh, dies of asphyxiation. And then because Seymour's too much of a pussy to do the job himself, he just lets Oren die right there in the chair and then feeds him to his plant, Audrey 2. And um, that's brutal, mate. (laughs) That is brutal.
0: Yeah, This is one show, I, I don't think there is any shows... Out there, and there's very many, uh, very few movies out there where the entire cast ends up dead at the end of it. Well, that's it, because even Seymour well, ends up dead.
1: Yes, but they had multiple endings to this, did they not,
0: Aaron? Uh, for the film, for the film, because um, they originally filmed the the musical ending, and it didn't test well. Yes. So test audiences who probably didn't know the musical, because it was only a few years old at the time of mm. the movie. You know, they probably didn't know the musical and weren't familiar with that. That's how it ends and so they've basically shit all over it and said no that's a depressing ending seymour at least should survive yeah you know but no in the musical everyone comes out at the end as a zombie basically and sings the final song wow which is um the whatever they offer you don't feed the plants because so, obviously audrey really? too the triffid had enticed seymour had peer pressured him and and you know, dangled the keys to the kingdom in front of him basically saying you can have everything you want if you feed me yes there's a, a real dark story of addiction in that oh yeah when you replace Audrey 2 with something else drugs or, or something like that or a drug dealer well in the
1: in the original um, 1960s movie it was Audrey Junior wasn't it mm-hmm. so, so Audrey was his wife uh, I'm correct yes
0: yeah the original movie very different it is yes the original movie has Seymour's mother in it it's very funny, and the other funny thing about that was, though, that that film was made in about three days, because Roger Corman was in between films, I think it was, and he had use of the set for three more days, so instead of paying for or they'd already paid for it instead of wasting that money Whoa. they came in shot a film in three days and then he forgot in the end he forgot to copyright it okay so that's one film that is so well known but is actually in the public domain so you'll get tons of cheap copies of it on, on DVD and <laughs> VHS <laughs> or whatever Blu-ray because it, everyone owns it basically it's in the public domain yeah um, and obviously then it, it spawned this musical which uh, as you mentioned Alan and Mencken and Howard Ashman who then from this musical got noticed by Disney to do The Little Mermaid yes I did I saw that and then they did Beauty and the Beast and during that Howard Ashman had the idea to do Aladdin uh, and he obviously well he died 41 years uh, old before that could could happen from 1950
1: to 1991 i do believe is that correct
0: yep there's a beautiful documentary on disney plus for those people out there that are interested in disney history and the renaissance of the late 80s early 90s of disney a lot of this was to do with mencken and ashman very little to do with jeffrey katzenberg or michael eisner no matter how much they would like to take credit for it for their egos. Sorry, I'm a bit of a Disney buff. You wow. um, are. So, yeah, but they, they were... And, and think about it. They Like, I was born in 85. So, The Little Mermaid, I was four years old and, and onwards, you know, four, five, six, seven years old for those movies that they released. That was my childhood in a lot of ways, along with, you know, and, and all the musicals I loved, but, um, you know, and all the other things I had in my life. But those were... That was the Disney Renaissance period and, and it had everything everything to do with the music of course yes
1: it does and you know what here's the thing about me mate i might play in a metal band and stuff but i've got too much of an open mind one day i might be listening to ed sheeran and having a cry in the corner of my bathroom and then the next day i'm listening to you know cradle of filth or you know what have you the the heaviest of metal uh you know it's an open mind for me so um i've always appreciated musical theater but you know, I've I've never gone out of my way for
0: it, so... Yeah. yeah. You've never been dragged into it No, either.
1: never yeah. have I been dragged into this type of situation, so...
0: Well, I went easy with you on your, your first go, because I, I did think about it. Now, Little Shop is one musical that I would love... I'd love to get you to play, Oren Scrivello, because I think you would kick ass at that part, um, and I would love to get just certain metal musicians and do a heavier metal version well that's exactly
1: what i thought aaron i I was wondering myself what would it be like to have a musical that was metal based you know like you know oh
0: there there are are there there are are there actually yeah
1: repo the genetic opera no i'm gonna have to drop this down
0: yes i'll I'll send you i'll try to um like i'll find a link to the the album hopefully it's on spotify but it's there was a movie version that they did. We talked about it in our first episode because Paris Hilton's face falls off in oh. it. And it's such a wonderful wow. moment. And she's actually really good in it. I stand by her in that part. I'm willing to put my chin up and proudly say that I enjoyed Paris Hilton singing in a movie. The world is going to end any time well, Wasn't
1: so, Paris Hilton in it. that uh, wax movie where she had her head um, destroyed? Yeah
0: house of wax
1: yes house yes. of wax that's the one yes
0: that was filmed in australia up in um
1: it was too australia has suffered yes australia has suffered in the music industry uh music sorry the movie industry um we have but every now and again they've got some bangers they do yeah.
0: uh but uh, just on a little shop because we'll, we'll round that up because obviously you'd you seem to enjoy it and seem to see that it's potential and stuff um the music, and yes. I don't know if you you got this, but the music was actually inspired by Motown. Motown. Yeah, so that's why you have the three, uh, I, I I kind of, Ronette, Chiffon, and Crystal. Yes. If Anyone listening, if I got those three names wrong, I, I got it right? Cool. Hey, I, I did Little of Horrors in 1998. I was 13 years old, so it's been a while. Wow. Um, although, obviously, I listen to it all the time, and... I love the movie version, but I, I wasn't a lead role in that. We had an ensemble because it was a school performance. And actually, Logan Fuster, who is the uh, the lead singer of former band um, Death in Bloom, who does our theme song for our podcast. Thank you very much, guys, for letting us use your song. Logan and I were in that production together. So I actually have a photo. Seriously? Yep, I have a photo of 13-year-old... Metalhead Logan Fuster from Death and Bloom, dressed up as a street alien or something. I can't remember. I, wow. I I don't. I I was an apple seller. That
1: is um. That's bizarre, mate. I must say. Yes.
0: Well, we were we were people on the street basically through that whole show. Um, because when when you see it performed, there's typically only about eight cast members. So you have uh, obviously Mr. Mushnick, Audrey Seymour, and Orrin. Oren. Yep, Oren Scrivello. You have the, the, the four leads. But th- the actor who plays Oren Scrivello will also play the smaller parts that are, uh, like, um uh, Mr. Bernstein from NBC uh, signed with our show during The Meek Shall Inherit. Oh, really? Yeah. So he'll go off stage, change costume, come back on three times during that one song. Then, obviously, you have the three, Chiffon, Crystal and, and Ronette, Mm. Uh, and then you'll have the voice of Audrey too. So there's there's no ensemble in this show. It's not a big, big show, but it can be done with an ensemble because no, but- you're on the street, so you can have ensembles. And Skid Row is a, a downtown, is a, a big song. Um, and, yeah, so that that was a school production. That was fun.
1: Again, um What I really admired about, as you were saying, what I really admire about the soundtrack of um, Little Shop of Horrors, um, was again, how easy it was to follow. It was kind of like reading a book through song, you know, without actually having to read a book. And in order for me to listen to that soundtrack, uh, I had to sort of sit back, pour a glass of the finest $6 Shiraz. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> which says a lot, actually, because I normally only go for the $5 bottle. So um, Well,
0: hey, you, you really stepped up. That's good. I, I hope you put a shirt on and a tie.
1: Well, I had a singlet on, so I did a half-assed job. That, that's,
0: um, a, that's a bogan shirt <laughs> and a bogan tuxedo. Yeah,
1: yes, that's correct. <laughs> that's correct, mate. <laughs> you know, uh, being a fan of something and admiring talent are two very different yes. things to yes. me. And um, that's what
0: our show's about, very much.
1: Yes. So, you know, um I I really did admire Alan Menken's music tied in how it tied in so well with Howard Ashman's lyrics, like yeah. I said. Um it's very it's it was very descriptive, but not in a way that's hard yeah. to follow. And uh, when I write lyrics for my band, I try to be very des- uh, descriptive as well. So you know, uh, some of my bandmates hate it. They're like, "Oh, you got to be a bit less descriptive. Stop uh, telling too much of a story." And I'm like, "Well, that's just how yeah. I do things," you know. So so you know, um, at the end of the day, it was actually you know it yeah. I listened to the whole album and I was like, "Oh, I need to hear the ending." And you know, it was it was good listening. A depressing ending. You got me on that one, mate. I hate to feed your ego um, (laughs) (laughs) with musical theatre, but um, that's yeah, you got me there, mate. So uh, that's a
0: gold star for you. Excellent. Um, I I think Little Shop is one show that straddles the line between having standalone songs, but also telling the story, and it. It does it so perfectly and does it so concisely. There's no fluff, I don't think, um, in it. Yes. Some musicals, they have just so many unnecessary songs that don't enhance the story or aren't good enough to be standalone songs, whereas suddenly Seymour... Or they drag on a bit. Yes, yes. Suddenly, Seymour, you can take out a context and still perform that as a duet because you you get the story enough in in the lyrics that... you know, but it's also standalone that it doesn't rely on the rest of the show um, to exist as well as the dentist song that, that's very, that can very much be a standalone song of course song, yes so.
1: and the dentist song the, uh, I've got I've to pull you up on this one thank you so much for making me listen to that dentist song literally an hour before I actually had to go to the dentist as soon as I got to the dentist I sat in that chair and I was looking at my dentist um, not able to
0: trust him I was like get the <laughs>
1: fuck away from me mate Yeah,
0: I don't know what... Yeah, so that was hard. This is a Torture Chamber podcast for a reason. So I went with my gut instinct, Mm. and lo and behold, my gut instinct was right. Lo and behold... just yes, as you long did. as she didn't stop at the nursery on the way home.
1: Uh, well, you know what? It's funny you say that. No, I did not stop at the nursery on the way home from the dentist, because I was in bloody agony. But a week before then, I did actually take my lovely girlfriend, Eliza Champion. Love you, babe, if you're listening. Haven't, haven't seen her in
0: five years either, so
1: hello. No, you haven't. No, you have not. But, um... I took her to Flower Power, and she actually bought a little mini Venus flytrap. Oh wow!
0: Fancy that! Don't just whatever you, whatever they offer you, do not feed the plants. So on that note, we'll switch over to metal, I think, because I, I, I I guess that's a success. You seem to have enjoyed that enough, and I really do want to see you play Orange Scrivello. Whether it's normal theatre or doing metal, you would be great in the park. Yes. You've got a lot of charisma.
1: I really do appreciate that, mate. I really do wish I had more um, negative things to say about um, Little Shop of Horrors, but um, no, you really did win me over with that one, so good on you, mate.
0: One negative is, Gareth, you're wrong. Again, fancy that.
1: Oh, snap right
0: there. <laughs> right in the nuts All right, well, we'll jump to a quick ad break to hear from our friends and sponsors. We'll be back in a moment. This summer, winter, spring, or fall, the first ever musical theatre sitcom where you go behind the scenes of the latest West End show, The Fussy Forest Ballet. Where's the important stuff? Aha! A thousand pound a week ensemble rate. Ah, that's what Mamma Mia likes. Starring Philip Joel and a West End cast featuring Carrie Alice, Darren Denny, Louise Demon, and Oliver Savile, and more.
1: It all started in 1987, when I was a jobbing actress
0: working in a diner. Yeah, it's just, I, I had a really bad experience when I was touring Australia with a wombat. <gasps> Darling!
1: How long have I been mentoring? Three months.
0: Two years. So, her name is Henrietta. The horse. Yes. I've managed to secure you an audition for the biggest, most innovative And the latest show to be going into the West
1: End Joseph and his Teppicolor Dreamcoat Think more along the lines of Pant Frozen You can watch this episode for the price of a coffee Simply
0: go to www.thefossyforestbellet.com Any and all profits go back to theatre charities Acting for Others and The Theatre's Trust You'll laugh, you'll cry And you'll see a grown man in sparkly tights Tight nights Nice. tight. We're back with Thrash and Treasure, the Torture Chamber musical podcast. I'm joined by Ryan Tauzel. If you say it in French, it's always going to sound better. Can you
1: try and say it in French? It would be much better. Say it. Uh, Tuzelle. 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 Uh, you know what? That actually just sounds more Italian, doesn't it? I don't know. Yeah, it does. We'll just go with Tazzle. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I, 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 French. I, why did I go into Italian for? I don't Thank know. Thank you for doing your, your best. Know. That's where I tried, uh, as I do with everything. Right, so this week, I tried to listen to an album which you gave me. Would you like to tell our listeners what it was? It was uh, Periphery 2. This
1: time it's personal. What do you have to say about it?
0: Well, I'll run through my review, because I did immerse myself in this music at least... 12 times or so on repeat over the uh, the week or so because i uh, apparently hate myself <laughs> so when i first saw the band name i thought periphery didn't i go to school with her she grew up to be a stripper right wow. only to remember that persephone was her name and periphery is a band but periphery is also a word that means outer rim And who doesn't love a good rimming? Anyways, upon my first listen, it became clear to me that Gareth isn't the only one with misguided taste in music. But again, a lack of taste doth not a lack in talent make. And I think what they need is some good grovel and gravitas to the lead's voice. He sounds a bit whiny. And I would know. My friends call me Whiny the Pooh. The music itself had its moments, some of cliche, been there, done that, heard the t-shirt, but I did find there was a fun, youthful, yet unique sound coming through more frequently. The addition of guest violin and cello helped elevate their sound beyond whiny teenager. I reiterate, as musicians, they are highly talented. There were many times I'd hear a solid drum solo, and I was all like, cool machine guns, bro. But apart from some electrifying beats. The vocals were overshadowed by their above-standard lyrics that expressed the angst and discontentment of whiny teenage millennials. And no power on this earth will force me to listen to whiny teenage millennials. I'd rather stick a frog and bullfish up my vagina. The music really did stand out. There is some serious talent to be found, and a lot of moments where I raised an eyebrow from the direction the chords and melodies went, as it felt like the band weren't afraid to experiment. But sadly, this applied to maybe five of the songs leaving the rest to ride off the coattails of these stronger, sharper, more eclectic sounds. Their down-tempo Erised, which in backwards language translates as Desire, was an easy listen, without the music losing any of their unique qualities. And it's clear to me that the emo crowd would go crazy, standing on the spot, barely nodding their heads in a visible sign of enthusiasm (laughs) to this song, which also features a fairly progressive breakdown and guitar solo, which highlights the talent I was able to hear in earlier songs. It's amazing what a lack of grr 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 can do to a song. Often in this music, I hear potential for more metal musos to, z- to dive into the world of theatrical or cinematic composition, and I would certainly love to play a video game scored by these guys. As for my score, two and a half, edged to a three, but now I just want to go and bully whiny millennials into giving me their lunch money. And since I can't <laughs> do that, two and a half. There was some interesting sounds in there, like... Sometimes I'd expect uh, um, the bars or whatever it is. Yes. Uh, chords to, to go in a certain direction, but they would yes. escalate down or something like that or there were just, yeah, were, there was some interesting sounds in there.: It's
1: funny that. yes, coming from someone who doesn't normally even listen to this type of music, you're not the first person in the metal scene um, to actually say that about periphery when it comes to the whiny vocal. Uh, Even people who love periphery normally complain about the, as they would say, whiny vocals. Um, But I strongly disagree with that. Um, I I guess I just admire how he goes from, you know, those ball-dropping sort of low vocals into that high, like as if someone's grabbed his balls, into that high range an anxiety. Um, uh, of singing. Yep, uh, if that's what you want to call it.
0: Right. I, I say whiny in my review because I'm a bitch. Technically, professionally, Serious Me would say there is an anxiety in the voice.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, a yearning. Um, what you see here, Aaron, most people who listen to Periphery have even said that they'd rather hear the band without any vocals at all. Oh, have they? And I strongly disagree with that because if it weren't for the vocals, I don't think that that band... I don't think it it would be the band that it actually is without the vocals. They stand out because of the vocals. And, um,
0: well, yeah, I, I haven't heard whiny teenager yet all through this. I've, I've heard some emo uh, through these um, episodes, right? But I haven't heard whiny teenager yet. So, therefore, that was a unique sound that I don't hear in... Well, I haven't heard in other bands. But um, I can see they why do. people agree with that, um, take their vocals out, the music's better, because they are very, very talented Whoops. musicians. But the the vocals do complement that. They do, Ooh. and they, they work together in that... Um, if it was me or if i was musical director i probably wouldn't make some of the choices in the vocals that they've made but it's not me and it's not up to us at home to say, well, if it was me, I would. I'm going to interrupt
1: you right there. If you actually went and saw one of their live shows, I think that your opinion would actually be different. Oh, um, probably. They, yeah. uh, the diversity in the vocals and the uh, the progression of the music, it's um, It's very different. And I think that's the reason why this band stood out to me. And um, uh, I think that's the reason why I love this band so much is because they don't go by any certain style. They don't... Um, they don't copy any certain genre. Um, they do their own thing. And um, you know, it's an ever going story. Yeah. it's not I don't know half like half of what they're singing about sometimes, <laughs> to be honest with you. Oh, no,
0: look, I know, I look I'm a hundred percent on that. I never know what any metal people are singing about. Yeah. So I nod and smile. But I did like some of the song titles. Um, obviously I made a joke about Erased. Is that how you pronounce it? said. I thought it was Arised. I think you're saying it wrong, Aaron. Have you not seen or read Harry Potter? I don't watch that kind of garbage. Well, the mirror of said <laughs> is the mirror of desire. said is desire okay. backwards.
1: You know what? You might know something about Periphery that I don't, Possibly.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. I come off looking smart for a change. God, I'm feeding your ego
1: hard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh no, trust me Me, me looking so does not feed my ego It shocks me and, and, and Unsettles me and I need to sit down Oh, I am sitting down Anyways, no I'm... You
1: know what, uh, I admire the fact actually That you actually sat through Periphery 2's album um, um However many times you listened to it That's, a, that's admirable Yep,
0: a lot um, more than I listened to Stuck Mojo Let's just say that Yes,
1: well you know, some of their songs Actually go way longer than you'd think You know
0: yeah, There's a couple I, of songs that go for a, that, that are pushing six minutes, but there was progression in the music, like Eric said. I think it is that has a breakdown, and it's not just a, a middling. No, you know what I mean. Like it, it, it doesn't just—it's beautiful have the so, yeah. same sound yeah it is and then it progresses and gets back into Ooh. the song um you know that there was a lot of choices they made in terms of w- the direction as i've said it before that I, I really did admire that i would like to hear these guys score a video game <laughs> you know what it's actually funny that you say that aaron because
1: they did a music video in the setting of a video game well there you go of, see uh, with the, yeah with it
0: yeah so, you know what? Yeah, there you
1: go. Um, that was in a different album, but um, so I don't want to bore you with that. So.
0: No, that's, no, that's fine. I, I typically won't listen to a band's outside work, apart from the album I'm forced to listen to. <laughs> uh, because then if I do love an album so much, like I did with Body Counts Carnival, then it's a natural thing of, of I want to hear more of their stuff. Yes, so, uh, and and also, I won't get confused by all their other songs. I can just focus on that that one album. So, I'm um, I'm probably lucky that that song wasn't on here because, like, that was that was very clear to me. A lot of times that an independent it doesn't even have to be an action, you know, shoot 'em up game. It could be one of these independent type stories that has a deep yeah. mystery behind it or something like that. And their music would play fantastically behind that. And and I could be saying oh. this because I was building roller coasters on Planet Coaster while I was listening to their music, so therefore I already was. But that's not really the type of game that I'm walking around or anything. I'm literally building roller coasters and then riding them, and then moving on to build another roller coaster and ride that one. So it's it's not the same, but there's um that Life is Strange, those games that's the type of game that i would see i'd say peripheries music juxtaposed against very much so
1: i suppose the reason i enjoy their their music so much is like i said the the, the way they stand out i guess they're not as generic mm-hmm. or um you know as the rest of them you know most of the metal bands i listen to are... Honestly, if I'm to be totally honest with you, I don't even listen to that much metal anymore myself. I've got the select few. I play metal because I I enjoy performing it. I enjoy singing it because I can. You know, it's just an ability that I have. But when it comes to listening to it, you know, you've got more chance of finding me listening to more acoustic music or more slowed down, stripped back music. Then you will um, Finding me listening to metal Which is interesting So
0: I think you'll find that's pretty common mm. Like a lot of musicians who play a certain type of music Will yeah. not listen to that type of music Because they're immersed in it so often <laughs> As a job to be paid for that's it. it's like um, a yeah. good way to put it is RuPaul you're not going to catch him in drag in general because he's not been paid, getting paid for it right that's his job I mean he'll enjoy the scene and enjoy other people's performances but he's not sitting around his house in a dress that's <laughs> just not what he does so um, or maybe gynecologists spend all day <laughs> you know di- d- diving into oh, one area God. and then oh, I'll, I'll cut that joke out there because <laughs>
1: okay
0: (laughs) oh great but also artists they do like to explore other genres because it helps feed what they do it helps inspire what they do and and they will hear um you know a lot of times you'll you'll hear maybe a metal musician or whatnot or even a pop singer put out a cover of a rock song or something like that or a or the other way around, a metal singer like um Floor Jansen posts a lot of performances of her singing theatre songs, singing Phantom the Opera and Frozen and, and stuff like that, that, that she'll post on her Twitter. And I, I, I would wager that diving into that music and ex- exploring that, and I know that's obviously my, my genre, but just to separate myself, using it as an example... I would, I would suggest that her diving into the world of theatre is helping her musicality and, and her, you know, her writing or whatnot in the metal world because she is exploring those other genres um, and other sounds and stuff. And, and it's easy to say that musical theatre is a genre, but there are so many genres within that. Because there are country and Western musicals, there's a rap musical, there's rock musicals, there's opera, and you know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's it's very much a blanket it's, term. It's everlasting, yeah. It's, it's never-ending, yeah. It is, and which is kind of why we've got this show, because... My theory is that metal is socially acceptable opera. You have the tragedy, you have the drama, you have the epic music and the epic vocals. Let's face it, most people get turned
1: off as soon as the screaming comes in. Um, They're like, oh, what is this? I can't understand this.
0: And most people get turned off as soon as opera starts. That's it. Exactly, you know. um... But more people will socially accept metal or heavy metal because of look at bands like ACDC and Metallica that have seeped into the mainstream. On repeat, every day. (laughs) Whereas you're not turning on the radio and and hearing Mm. opera unless you're tuning into SBS radio or something like that you know the <laughs> classic am radio you're not hearing it on fm you're not hearing it on the the charts or anything but you will hear metallica and, and acdc and guns and roses and all that but there are so many parallels between the two worlds in a lot of ways that that's what, really what this this show is about so on that self-congratulatory note we're going to take a quick break we'll be back in a moment with ryan Towser. G'day listeners, Aaron here. While well, me and Gareth are taking a break, I thought now would be a great time to spill my guts. Well, not my guts, the fully fabulous Kristen Johnstons, whose hilarious yet harrowing memoir Guts details her rollercoaster ride through all the excesses of Hollywood and the toll it can take on even the fiercest of bitches. Keijo has shed all pretense by opening up her heart and soul in this gripping tale which will leave readers reaffirmed of their own inner strength and ability to kick some ass in this world. You may know her as Sally Solomon, or as Joan Collins' bedrockian daughter, but once you've dived into Kristen's guts, you'll come to know that she's nothing short of a warrior. Available now where all good books are sold, grab your copy of Guts today. Did you start the band?
1: Well, actually, uh, it's a it's a pretty funny story. I did start the band back in 20, 2008. I started a oh, band wow. which I called Thoughts Under Fire. Which is a pretty cringy name, I know, but. Um, yes, I'll agree. <laughs> younger back then. Um, but uh, I was just starting out, and, um, yep, I was running the band for a bit. And, you know, I brought a lot of members in, and we went through a lot of members as well. I ended up going through a bit of a rough patch around um, 2010, and, um, you know. You
0: lost your direction a little bit. I lost my direction. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, so the band was uh, taken over and then I was out for about a year and a half I think and then um, I was asked to rejoin and um, I came back to the band and um, we took on a new style of music and then we changed yeah. our name to Brave Today and um, I think what got me into metal was um, ever since I had my first mp3 player. Remember those little... I had a Zune. You had a Zune. <laughs> you
0: and Peter Quill.
1: Yeah, I had a Zune. It wasn't quite... <laughs>
0: Everyone else had the uh, the iPods. I had a Zune. Oh, no, I didn't. No? I had some cheap Chinese brand that I got from the $2 shop, so... Oh, well, there you go. Uh,
1: I think my, my Zune could only hold about what like 10 songs on it <laughs> something like that i don't know a very small amount of songs yeah you know. and i think i had a a
0: song by usher uh
1: a, a song by nickelback
0: oh Godfather! A, a song by just Dis- <laughs> that's right you heard that folks that is staying in the episode <laughs> that is forever going down in history that is going down in history so, yeah. when you guys are huge, everyone's going to know. And, look, I'm not following this stupid
1: trend that people are going on about. With, oh, you know, Nickelback being the shittest band in the world. They're, they're one of the greatest in the world, Aaron. And um, you gotta, you got to move past that trend, mate. <laughs> they sell out more stadiums than most bands do per year. They? And they've okay. sold more, you know, platinum, golden albums, whatever you want to call them, than a lot of bands have. They're a very successful band. And, um... They've had some great music, man. You know, like, let's not deny that. Have they? Yeah, of course they have.
0: I I will take your word for (laughs) it. You should take my
1: word for it. You should spend tonight, (laughs) sit down with a glass of wine in front of your fireplace or whatever and listen to some Nickelback because, you know, you're not going to regret it, mate. It's going to be a good
0: option for you. Gareth will be mortified (laughs) to hear that his replacement (laughs) is saying this. (laughs) I like your pants around your feet.
1: Yeah, go listen to some Nickelback, mate. I think that... (laughs) No, but, uh, in all seriousness, mate, I think it was bands like Nickelback, uh, surprisingly enough, and Disturbed. Okay, yeah. That actually got me into the, into metal music. And I don't know why, I don't know how, but that's, that's what happened. And then from that day, you know, I mean, I started off writing like pop songs and acoustic songs. And then there was one day I was really angry and I wrote a song, I think it was called Streetlights that I called it. And I, I was just, I started screaming into the microphone. And, um, from there, I discovered that I had a weird, ugly, cookie-monster-type-sounding scream um, that people seemed to like. So I sort of just worked with that for a while, you know, and, um, yeah. Stella found her groove. I found my groove, and, um, yeah, that's that's what became um, Brave Today, I guess, in the end.
0: You're saying about experimenting. It, in terms of um, your vocals in, in metal, now, when I listen to metal vocalists... I get a sympathetic pregnancy. Especially the unclean vocals. And that that is Did you just say
1: sympathetic pregnancy?
0: Yes, my throat hurts for them.
1: Oh, okay, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like when I see someone getting punched in the nose, my eyes water because anything about the nose I yeah I I get terrible um sinuses or whatever and, and, and reflexes and my eyes start to water. Yes. So Or when I see someone fall over on concrete, I'm like, oh no, that hurts, I can feel it. Because I know what it feels like myself, but I get that sympathetic pain from listening to metal singers. So what's your method in terms of not killing your voice before a live show? Is there anything... Because I know in theatre, obviously, we have our our vocal warm-ups and we have our lemon and honey drinks that taste like shit.
1: I mean got to be honest, mate, um, I never really got proper vocal tuition when I started um, screaming. I kind of just was, I was always really good at mimicking other sort of artists that I used to listen to as a kid. It's like when I started playing the piano, um, I never got piano lessons, you know, one of my favourite movies is Jurassic Park, I'm sure you know that one. Yeah! And uh, when I heard the Jurassic Park theme, there was a piano in front of me. And I just started sort of playing the keys along with the song until I got it right. And I did the same thing with my voice, you know. Yeah. Um, I was listening to certain artists and for a few years I was always like, oh man, I wish I could scream like these guys, you know. Like, what do I have to do to get that ability, you know. Um, it just sort of came naturally. After recording multiple songs and um, uh, a couple of albums, uh, you know... I started off screaming and it sounded terrible, but the more that I did it, I started to gain more control. And it's, it's really actually hard to explain, you know. I went mm-hmm. from using my head voice, um, to using my sort of diaphragm, um, to u- Yeah. And it, it, it was, yep. it's kind of strange because there is no actual uh, instructions that I learned. There's no, there wasn't any proper way, um, that I learned, you know, um, I've gotten vocal lessons for clean singing. But I've never actually gotten any lessons for screaming. Yep. It just sort of came naturally, to be honest with you. It just all came from emotion. That sounds very emo. <laughs> it sounds a bit emo. Sounds very emo. <laughs>
0: it does. Like,
1: yes. I've got a lot of um, heaped up, sort of um, bottled up uh, emotions there that I just let out. And um, that's how, yeah, that's that's kind of how it happened. So,
0: yep. so is there a, a certain spot in your throat that it needs to see? Yes. Yeah. I, yes, I, I... there's a spot where everything sits and I sort
1: of let out gradual, like I let out bits of air where where necessary. If there's any advice I can give to anyone that's listening, take a deep breath in. And as you're breathing out, just start screaming as if someone's just stepped on your foot or on your pinky toe, right? As you're breathing out. And then that yep. might start something. <laughs> that <This> probably doesn't. <laughs> you're trying it right now, aren't you? But I, yet I haven't heard you. No,
0: no, no, no. Because I tried to take a big, deep breath in, and I'm like, "Oh God, I could only take a tiny breath. I'm not even going to try this." <laughs> yeah.
1: No. Maybe that's bad advice for some people, especially anyone out there who has breathing difficulties. Don't do that.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It just, it just, yeah, it just came naturally. Honestly. I would love to, to hear what else you've got in your arsenal. Wait, hang on. That's probably the wrong word. What else you got in your tool bag? Tool bag? Well, I've got a lot up my ass right now, that's for sure. <laughs> it was arsenal. and all. It was in, like, <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> the people at home know what I meant.
1: Yes, no. I know what you mean, mate. And uh, Well, that's the thing. I, to be honest, I, I spend a lot of my time working on my side projects. Um, uh, I, I do a lot of acoustic music and a lot of piano-based music. Yeah. Um, yes, um, it's something I do on the side, and my heart goes into that, like, pretty... Pretty heavily. So, um, like, metal is a lot of fun. I, I love performing metal. Um, and I love to get up there on stage and just sort of let out what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. And that's one of the reasons why I love metal so much. Because it's like, you can get up on a stage and scream your absolute ass off at people. And you don't have to have a reason why, you know? No one's going to come up to you and say, hey, why are you doing this? It's, it's what, you know... I can get away with it when I'm on that yep. stage. I can do whatever I want, and that's that's a that really does help me uh, mentally because I deal with a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression, and mm-hmm. that can that really does weigh me down. Um, it holds me back as well, um, and it it halts all of my motivation. Every time I know that there's a, a gig, uh, like a show coming up that we're about to perform, I spend like the weeks before that show feeling really anxious about it. But um, And that is a bit of a setback, you know. It does, you know, I, I get very anxious sort of. Um, and uh, But once I'm on that stage, um, it all changes. It becomes, turns from anxiety to excitement. And um, yeah. I, I can just release myself and just let out all of that bottled-up anger and emotion that's inside of me. And um, that's why I love metal,
0: you know, because it's a good release. It's a good escape. So, you know what I mean? We had um Dave Musket um, recently on the show from the West End was talking about doing Billy Elliot on uh, well, on stage, mm. obviously, and how the show, if, if they were feeling happy yes. that day... Right, they could go mm. on stage and find things in the show that made them even happier, and they could express that joy. Mm. If they were feeling shitty, there were things in the show that they could really accentuate and the anger yes. and you know the fights and stuff like that. <laughs> so I, I'd imagine performing metal would be the same. That if you're feeling you know really good and and happy one day, that that's going to show through in the music. You're going to find certain parts mm. in the in certain songs that. Will be able to express that joy. Well, that's it. Just naturally through through your performance, and then other times when you're ang- angry or or feeling shitty, able to channel that into certain heavier, darker moments. In that, i I would find that quite cathartic. I'm sure. Um, I mean, humans are complicated creatures as it is, so for artists to have these outlets. And look, being a writer, it's it's not necessarily the same, because I'm not standing there expressing with my body and my voice how I'm feeling, or what's what's going on, or the, the story that I'm telling. It's me tapping on the keys, so I, I, I'm not channeling that in any way, uh, you know, in terms of... Well, I, I will get up and dance and stuff like that, and... You know, and, and, and channel my excitement but um, no in terms of yeah it must be very cathartic for metal musicians I think in particular as opposed to say pop which is pretty all happy and if you're feeling shitty you know who wants to yeah. go out and sing a happy well, pop song <laughs> well that's it But then
1: again, you know, a lot of pop music is actually, uh, when you actually read the lyrics, you're like, Oh shit, that's not as happy as I thought it would be. It's very,
0: um. Yeah, there are, there are some dark songs, aren't
1: there? Yeah, that's it. Um, you know, whereas most of our music is, is trying to be more positive. Like, um, it's a lot of the lyrics that I write about is more to do with, uh, say someone trying, like who's dealing with, um, really severe mental issues, who's Mm -hmm. trying to get out of that. Yeah, and just trying to um grow and live a better life and deal with those mental issues, or somebody who's dealing with addiction. Um, you know, uh, it's most of my lyrics aren't more like so around you know like anger and um stuff like that, which most people think metal is based on. Um,
0: oh yeah, it's Satan music, full stop. <laughs> well, that's it exactly,
1: and that's the thing. Yeah, it's it's a great release and um. A lot of people seem to really enjoy um, that kind of style. Um, apparently, it helps a lot of people who like our music. It, it helps them through a lot of stuff, and um, that's what keeps me sort of um, glued to this style of music. I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah.
0: a lot more expressive than than pop in a lot of ways.
1: Well, yeah, it's very expressive. Uh, yeah, it's very expressive. But yeah, it's 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 a love or hate relationship. I mean. Yeah, that's it.
0: Tell us about your first gig, where when you got out, first time ever. Well, uh, our first gig
1: was actually one of our most successful ones, um, which is funny. Um, we would we were releasing music for about two years before we played our first show, and we had a lot of hype. A lot oh, of wow. hype was there was a lot yep. of hype building up. People were like are these are these guys actually going to play a show? Or, you know what's going on, and um. Eventually, in 2010, we played our first uh, show at Southgate in the Sutherland Shire. Um, it was, uh, oh God, you know what, the, the name of the actual venue escapes me right now. But um, we packed out the whole venue um, and we, we made about $750 from that gig, which is the most money we've made <laughs> from, from most of our shows, First gig. funnily
0: enough. I'm sure it must yeah, you know, must have felt like you had the world at the, at your fingertips after that. Yeah.
1: I, I thought so at the time, yeah. But at that time as well, I had um nodulitis. Oh nodules. Oh bugger. So uh, my throat yep. Yeah, my throat was totally blown out and I was falling for everyone's bullshit rem- like home remedies to fix the throat. Like some some woman told me, Oh, you know, put a dirty sock around your throat and tie a knot and the pheromones from the sock works as a natural treatment for your throat.
0: Oh my goodness gracious me! Now that <laughs> the, is a choice. For some stupid reason, that is definitely a yeah, choice. For some stupid reason, I believed what she said,
1: and I tied a dirty sock around my oh. ma- uh, around my neck um, an hour before our show while drinking a bottle of honey.
0: Goodness gracious me! <laughs> yeah, nod- nodules aren't yeah uh, 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 aren't good for a singer.
1: No, and I was worried that I had them, like, permanently, um, but, you know, um, I, I had them for about six months, and then I sort of self-healed, I took a big break from doing vocals, and I started, you know, I was like, well, shit, if I'm going to do these kind of vocals, then I need to learn at least a little bit of how to use the throat, back onto what we were talking
0: about before. Yeah. Yeah, so... Find that comfort spot. Yeah,
1: that's it, and of course, it was our first gig, so... There were a lot more nerves. I had a lot more, um, I was a, I was a, a lot more nervous because, you know, after spending years playing in your bedroom and, you know, recording songs in a studio uh, and then going on stage and performing in front of, you know, a packed out venue, um, it's a bit different, you know. <laughs> um, so yes. I kind of just threw my voice out, you know, uh, too much. I, I put too much, um, I just, yeah. I threw out way too much, uh, without any control whatsoever,
0: and, uh, I lost my voice entirely. Amateurs need to realise, you might be talented at something, the kids at home, but still learn. Yeah. Still learn how to do it properly, or you will fuck up your voice, or you will fuck up your body, or whatnot, because you're not doing it right. That's it, sometimes I don't even know. It's all good about to say, well, I, I'm a natural singer, sure. But are you singing through your diaphragm? Because I can see your shoulders, shoulders, all the way up. Even today, mate, we played it. <laughs> I'm not talking about you there. Obviously. No, that's
1: fine. <laughs> we played a show recently. Um, it was a COVID. It was a COVID-safe show. Yep. So everyone who was at the venue were wearing masks, and uh, they were forced to be seated. And it was very odd. It was. It was. It was fruitless. It was a very fruitless show because there was no energy there. Right. Yeah, uh, even to this day, like, uh, when I realised that, you know, I was up on stage singing to these people who were all seated wearing masks, I was like, oh my god, you know, how do I handle this situation, you know, like, tried running up in front of some, in front of the crowd's face and, like, screaming at them and trying to get them to respond to me, because that really does feed the singer, and er er everyone in the band, like, yeah. When you have the audience standing up and, you know, sort of um, cheering or whatever, um, or, you know, just, it, it helps. Um, yeah. But oh, in yeah. this case.
0: That energy from the audience yeah, feeds but, uh, you guys. Yeah. Just as much that's as it. you guys but, are feeding
1: In this audience. case, every time someone went to stand up, a security guard would run up and be like, no, sit the fuck down. You know, like.
0: Oh, no. Uh,
1: But it it ruined my voice, so I started throwing my voice out there without any control, and I just started losing my voice. You know, I mean, I've got my good days and my bad days. Um, Yeah. At the end of the day, if you're going to do metal, make sure it comes from the heart, I guess, or...
0: And wait until after COVID, because apparently metal and COVID safe shows do not mix. It would work in a jazz venue, like a jazz concert or something. Um, but I, or like Actually,
1: a- funny story there. When when we got onto stage, um, the sound the sound guy came up um, and put a little protective pop filter onto the microphone. I, yeah. I was just like, "What's this for?" And he's like, "Oh, just you know, COVID restrictions. We're we're gonna have to use this." And I was like, "Okay." And after doing our forty five minute long set, screaming into that microphone, that little uh, filter was covered in my spit, right, and. I pulled it off the microphone at the end of our set and I scrunched it up in my hands and I went to put it in my pocket because I was like, well, no one's going to use this. It's covered in my saliva. And then yeah. the sound guy comes up to me and goes, oh, no, I'll take that. And I'm like, what? Yeah. N- no, no, this is covered in my saliva. And he's like, that's okay. I- I'll just I- I'll just spray it with what? some disinfectant so the next band no, can No it. No, th-
0: th- that's <laughs> defeating the purpose. Yeah. And I'm like... What the hell? You can't,
1: don't you have more? Yeah. I'm like, don't you have more of those things? Like in a box somewhere?
0: Like, <laughs> what was it? A bit of glad wrap or something? Like, shit.
1: So he took, he, he, he just put his hand out and just said, just drop it in my hand. And I, I dropped this, this scrambled up filter covered in saliva and sweat onto his hand. And he just like uh, like a squeegee, you know. He just squeezed it over a bin so all the sweat dripped out of it, and oh then sprayed my it with disinfectant, Godfather. and then put it on the microphone for the next band. That
0: that's not good. <laughs> COVID safe, right? Yeah, a load of bullshit. I yeah. know, like, but that I think that might be the individual. Like that might be him. He's probably yeah. supposed to maybe he- chuck it away straight away. But yeah. like, he's you know what I mean. Like <laughs> that's it. I can't imagine the the yeah. company would be like, yes, we want all our musicians to share this fucking sweaty, sloppy piece of shit that people have been spitting on. Like, I, I, I that that seems to me like that would be bad PR for the the company or the venue. Yeah. But it does seem more like the individual being lazy. <laughs> um, in my opinion, I don't know. I wasn't there, obviously, but no, that's that's really really weird.
1: Yeah, and you know, and you know, they even say they even say they're like, um, you're not allowed to sing sing along to the band that's playing if you if you're at a live show, but you can what? yell out you can yell out to your mates no. who are across
0: the room, but you can't sing along to them. That's bullshit. <laughs> that's that's a ridiculous <laughs> thing. There are so it, many of these rules that I understand yeah, it, and I agree with, right? And I'll accept yeah. even if I don't necessarily agree with them because it's just what has to be done of course done. of course But that yeah. seems to me like nonsense yeah like you can't you can't sing along it I is a bit sat nonsense, there so. during that whole musical for a mm. hundred minutes and saying every single bloody word along with them quietly to myself oh uh, I, yeah we'll see not out that's no. yeah like quietly to yourself <laughs> no, no one heard it like i was mouthing the words i wasn't actually yeah. saying them If you were to look at. I doubt a
1: security guard's going to come up. Yeah, I doubt doubt a security guard's going to come up and be like, mate, stop singing quietly to yourself. Yeah. Spreading the jersey. That would have liked to have tried
0: because we were in the middle. (laughs) So we had like 20 people on either side of us, or however many, 10 (laughs) people on either side. So that would have been a tight squeeze for them. Good luck. Um, but yeah. if you, if anyone had have looked over at me during that performance, my jaw and my, you would have seen my Adam's apple moving the whole time because I could not help myself but sing along to, to every single yeah. word and even bits of dialogue. I was, I was saying, mm. I was speaking. I would seen it before, so I, I, I'm fairly familiar with it. Um, yeah, but yeah, like I, I couldn't imagine. Um, like, had someone come up to me and said, "No, you can't sing along." I would have looked up at them with my mask on and told them to fuck off in a way that they wouldn't have heard or seen. Well, that's
1: it, mate. Like, uh, even again, when we were on stage... Yeah, when we were on stage performing, even between songs... Normally, in between songs, I like to interact with the crowd, right? But because they were all forced to be seated wearing masks, it's like they couldn't even... They weren't even clapping or cheering... And then I was like, hmm, in my head I was like, could this have something to do with us uh, specifically? Is that why they're not cheering? So then I thought of, uh, I, I decided to say to the crowd, um, let's hear it for the headlining band. Because in my head I was like, well, let's see if they cheer for the headlining band. You know? And they didn't cheer at all. Like, it was like a it was like a ball of hay rolled past in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> and a wah, wah, wah. Yeah, that's it. And you know oh, that it would have
0: just... been so embarrassing. I'm glad it was you. Oh mate,
1: it it really was. But then at the end of the set, you have all these people coming up going, "Mate, that was a really great set. That was that was really good." And I'm like, I can't even tell your emotions right now because of the, you know, the mask that they're wearing. And oh god, it was just yeah. It, it's not the same as it used to be. Uh, I think I'd rather just no. wait it out until this whole virus ends. So we can start yeah. playing real shows again, but
0: um, it'd be like a DJ, uh, Appar- a DJ having a COVID-safe set. Why are you having a COVID-safe set, DJ? No one's getting up to dance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Imagine just that play.
1: a DJ playing a COVID yeah. set. <laughs> Everyone's sitting there with their arms folded, <laughs> with some DJ on the stage, like scratching discs, like just you know, scratching vinyls. Just and, yeah, it's it just doesn't work, you know.
0: No, it does not work, because the energy is not there, the exactly. vibe and the, the, the party atmosphere it, yeah. is is just gone. And it is a shame, like, it, it, it does suck. 100%. Um, You know, I, mean, it, but I guess yeah. this is a, a, a time when, you know, jazz musicians are able to, to stand up and entertain us, because we can Definitely. sit back and... Yeah at our tables so, and nod but, our head along to the music and we don't have to get right, up and yeah. dance or anything like that. So yeah. let, let, let's let jazz musicians have their heyday again, because they haven't had their heyday in a hundred years or so. Um, so it's about time, you know, but um, no, it, 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 it does suck. I, I I would have loved to have been there, just to have... have Watch this disaster unfold.
1: <laughs> uh, I'll send you. I'll send you some
0: footage. We've got footage. I'll send it to you, mate. Oh, please do. <laughs> Fantastic. But um,
1: no. In saying that, in saying all that, um, I shouldn't complain because it's lucky that we, yeah. we get any shows at all during this time. There are a lot of bands out there, mm, yeah. that aren't getting uh, any shows and they're suffering yes. for it. The music industry is suffering, and uh, my heart goes out to all of yes. them. Um, yes, everyone. Yeah, so you know, I, I should yeah i should feel lucky that we've gotten shows we've got a couple more coming up in brisbane in um in march oh sorry april yeah. and um so we got a few shows coming up uh, and we're lucky that we've got those shows so you know even if people are forced to wear masks and sit down that's okay you know um
0: work with what you've I'm got i'm grateful
1: yeah that Exactly, that's it,
0: mate. Yeah. And look, so. at least are grateful about it, and not, uh, uh, and not arrogant. Like, oh, it's about time! Like, we deserve this. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? That nah. you you can appreciate that you guys are lucky to have gotten this because you are right. There are so many out there They're suffering. That, yeah, you know, that are struggling at the moment well, or having to to um, improvise. Let's just yeah. say, um, their productions or whatnot to um or you know do it online or yeah. maybe they had an album coming out last year and they need video clips for it so the production values are a little bit down because they've had to improvise you know it's a real real testament yeah. to artists i think that when you look at all the industries um maybe not necessarily oh yes actors and writers um well, you know, filmmakers or whatnot, but sort of a lot of artists have, have really stepped up mm-hmm. to the plate in terms of they're in this position. They're no longer able to, to have their audience, but they still want to entertain their audience. So they've been mm-hmm. doing new things that they yep. wouldn't normally have done. You know, maybe, no. um, like Josh, Josh Gad did his reunion series with all, yeah. with all those movies, or, uh, there was the Ratatouille musical that they did on TikTok, Um, so there's, yeah, it, it's, it, it, it has, uh, as someone said recently, necessity has been the mother of invention, but it's also been the, the, the mother of, of creation here, um, and creativity because, as, it, yeah, it's kept us all on our toes, you know, and, and artists need to adapt, right? Um, I, 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 I personally, and I, I love that you don't, pigeonhole yourself into metal um because i i do love it when you see people from two genres get together into a song that's completely out of their genre or what look at kylie minogue and nick cave when when they sit the...
1: yo oh, yes Yep, yeah, i do actually that, remember that
0: yeah that's not a kylie minogue song but it's a Kylie Minogue song. It's it's one of her most popular hits. It was it was a, a crossover hit into the world of rock as well. That's the thing. Um, yeah, that's the thing, mate. I'm um, I'm a yeah.
1: I'm a big softy. You know, like uh, uh you'd be surprised by some of the music that I actually listen to. You know, um, metal is just a bonus. You know, and um, like yeah. like I said, it a great escape, um, a good release of emotion.
0: Because uh, obviously, with as we're talking about with COVID and the past year, and you know, gigs being shut off uh, or shut down, that artists have been on a wandering path. And that's right. As I said, some people have found it's- new paths, or some people have expanded on what they already know. Some people have, have created projects that they probably thought they would never have done before because they didn't have the time. They, they, they were always contracted here there and everything else always had a gig somewhere else so they they didn't have the time to sit down compose themselves and say okay where where do i want to go next or what do i want to showcase to the world or or what ideas do i have and and so i I think you you, you're very very lucky because you're you're young very very talented and not only that you're getting to still play gigs during this time, like, and, and, but I'm so glad to hear that you are experimenting and, and, and learning and stuff, like, that's been a through line for me, is when I comment on bands experimenting or changing this, not necessarily changing their sound, but showing growth and progression.
1: You know, exactly, that's why, as soon as you invited me onto this show, I was like, oh shit, I might be in a bit of trouble, because, you know, he's going to give me a musical a Broadway musical to listen to and review, and I don't think I'm going to find anything wrong with it. I don't think I'm going to be able no, to talk no, any no, no point of shit the on it. You know, like, yeah. if anything, if anything, you've actually, you've actually gotten me into something um, totally different that I don't normally listen to.
0: So, um, awesome, you know, good <laughs> no, on you. No,
1: hey.
0: <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's what this show is about, and it's not, necessarily that we come on here to hate things we that's not what this show is about it is not easy being tortured by the same cd <laughs> 20 times <laughs> in a week yep yeah that's not easy no. for one thing so that's going to spark up uh, well, sassy it. jokes yeah. and stuff like that but it's no. it's about honesty it's uh, uh, but it's also about being open-minded that you're you're not going into something with a chip on your shoulder. There are so many people who would immediately like, oh, I couldn't, I couldn't do a podcast like that because they wouldn't allow themselves to open their mind to that other world, and that ain't cool. Exactly. That, that's but not what music is about. It's not what
1: music's about. Like, like I said, at you, all. You, yeah. Like you would not catch me dead going to an actual Broadway musical. I mean, unless of course I was walking across Broadway in New York City wasted off my head screaming out when in Rome but um you know uh you know yeah it's uh listening to the soundtracks and hearing a good story in the majesty of song um that was great you know I, I loved it I loved every second of it so
0: um I, I, it seems you had a better time with Little Shop than I did, with I, did I, I didn't expect you to have the best time put it that way well no but I also didn't have the worst time because I could see that experimentation in their sound that uniqueness. Of course. Um, But, you know, there, there was some sounds that I, some songs. Yes. I, I didn't quite, um, couldn't quite cling to, if you will. You know, but I, I I really am excited to, to see and, and hear what, what you're going to come up with, uh, in the future, because, you know, it's, it's, every artist, not, not just you personally, but every artist, because you've had, we have all had the time to, to explore, And experiment and think, think most importantly, think up new ideas in the past year. So I I think the world of music and and art and and all that is going to be quite exciting in the next few years because there there will be, I reckon, a a rejuvenation from people that they can finally go to gigs and can finally stand there and sing along.
1: I think we're facing big changes, uh, you know, especially with live shows... And um, all that. I think we might be facing some big changes. not sure what those changes are going to be, but, you know...
0: um, There'll be a glass... uh, A a plastic... um, What's it called? Yeah, a
1: glass wall or a plastic wall or a bubble. Everyone's going to be in bubbles or some shit like that. Who knows, mate? But, um, yeah, that's it. In front Um, of the stage.
0: But, no, it is exciting,
1: and I'm very keen. Uh, We've got our next release coming out, um, hopefully, in, um, in March, actually. So... Yeah. My, yeah. Sounds yes. Good.
0: Well, we're going to have you guys on um with a whole band, and I've been requested to roast you guys. I've ne- I've I've shit stirred a lot of people in my life, right? <laughs> a lot of people. Roast
1: away, my friend. I love a good roast. But roasting. when you said to me,
0: <laughs> when you said to me, uh, we look forward to you roasting us, I was like, oh shit! <laughs> it's just gotten real. Like I have to now perform. I can't just be sassy, bitchy, me. Like these jokes not only have to be funny and cutting, yeah. but they cannot be yeah. offensive or nasty in any way. You know what I mean? Because obviously you and I are mates, of course. but you're you're entrusting me to do this for you or, or to you know make fun mm-hmm. of you guys in a respectful <laughs> way, and that's a bit of pressure. I've never done that before, and and I, as I say, I can shit stir you all. Oh. To the cows come home, and I will constantly do it, just because it makes me laugh. Um, I need to entertain myself, but um, that—that's—that's that's me improvising on the go. That's not me sitting down writing jokes that are—and and especially like I know you, but I don't know your bad mates as well. They, so... <laughs> mate, they've
1: got—they've got a heart of gold, and they love a good roasting themselves. Trust me. Okay. Oh, i look forward to that. That sounds good to me, mate, yes.
0: And that's been our show for this week. Special thanks to Ryan Towsall for joining me in Gareth's Place. He'll be joining us again soon with the boys from Brave today, so be sure to check out their music on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, and also follow them on Facebook. And if you're in the Sydney, Sutherland, Shire, I don't know that area bloody hell, I'm from Melbourne. If you're in New South Wales and you see them playing Go check them out, because Ryan's an awesome guy, so give him a high-five from me, and go up to him and tell him that ship was not moving. Anyways, Gareth, what did you think of this week's episode? Hmm, I wasn't paying attention. Oh, yeah, as usual. Shit. Nah, I'm just kidding. Next week, he'll be back, and he will be lucky, because he gets two fully sick bitches for the price of none, that's right, we are joined by Australia's number one feminist, the kick-ass Jane Caro, one of my favourite people, and she's chosen Into the Woods for Gareth to be tortured by. We tried time, a couple of times, one success, one failure. Let's roll the dice again and see how we go as we take a journey into those woods. Oh my god, I sound like a wanker. Anyways... Gareth has given me, I think it's Red Devil Foreskin or something like that. Nope. Devil Skin with their album Red. So I look forward to uh, giving that a go, I guess. I've been Aaron. This has been Thrash and Treasure. Thanks again to Ryan. And we shall see you next time. Hooroo!